Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. We saw an expanse of uh, patents, an expanse of new business uh, and change, and we've lost that. So for for me and for our community, talking about bringing in uh, new people that want to make Jamestown their home is really reshaping our community. Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachian. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're a entrepreneur out there especially in eastern kentucky check them out appalachia meets world we're back it's another week with will and neil what's up neil just uh living the dream down here in uh good old appalachia i i, I got some little national news for you i wanted wanted to ask you if you Na- national i, I prefer Na- appalachian news is this national well, we'll get into appalachia but Okay. National news. I don't know. It, it, it was it was deep in the headlines. Um, so I don't know if you saw anything about it. But did you hear this week that Tom Brady retired? Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up because um, <laughs> it's been it's been a it's hard only, week. It was only on every single network, like twenty four seven. I was trying to move past it, and uh, you know it really affected the day that it happened. I got a text message at literally 7 a.m. from my son (laughs) who was so terribly upset that we didn't make it to a game this year but you know I am hearing rumblings that it's the man's gonna come back again oh whatever (laughs) I'm telling you Will something to watch out for there may be there may be something brewing in San Fran you heard it here first folks yeah he he has not called me yet to verify but Never say never. So, <laughs> I don't know. If it's the right situation. I mean, just wait and see, Will. Wait and see. One thing I did want to re- mention a reminder, the Appalachian Entrepreneur Academy, the Appalachian STEM Academy, applications are due next week. So if you know a high schooler, middle schooler, or teacher for the STEM Academy, you need to let them know, get those applications in. Really cool summer program in STEM and entrepreneurship. We'll put a link in the show notes if you're yep. interested. Sounds good. There's some other national news. A fellow Appalachian, Puxatani Phil, he saw a shadow yesterday. So that means six more weeks of winter. So there's that. Uh, just a little bit of history. Groundhog's Day has its roots as a Christian religious holiday. It used to be called Candlemas Day started as a day when Christians would take their candles to the church to have them blessed. As time rolled on, they made up a song. It went, if candle must be fair and bright, come winter, have another flight. If candle must brings clouds and rain, go winter and come not again. So that was the original history. It evolved into a German lore where they used hedgehogs as the animal 
when the Germans came over to the United States, several of them settled in Puxatawney, what is now Puxatawney, PA. And since there were no hedgehogs at that time in the U.S., they used a groundhog, hence the name Puxatawney Phil. I do want to say that the last 10 years, he's only been correct 40% of the time. So I guess we can take it with a grain of salt. Yep. Will, did you know that they made marijuana legal in Kentucky this week? Really? Yeah. Medicinal uh, purposes? Yeah. Uh, one of them was like fibromyalgia. You could get it. Uh, oh, just certain, 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 certain disease conditions. types and conditions. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's big news. Yeah. This week also marked the start of Black History Month. So I want to give a shout out there. We'll have some episodes this month that focus on Black History and celebrate people and ideas throughout Appalachia. Glad you uh, brought that up. You know, we talk about on here a lot about identity, Appalachian identity, forming identity. You know, just talking about the ARC. The ARC, as, as we know, as our listeners know, runs the 13 states in the Appalachian region. And we've had guests in the past on from pretty much all the states almost. But New York, obviously, it's northern Appalachia. But, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people from western New York and that don't necessarily recognize as Appalachian. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, they they feel like they're outside on a bubble, but they're, they're still part of Appalachia. You, you know, I've heard people say before that western New York it's much more similar to the Appalachia region than it is the rest of New York. We we talk about misconceptions about Appalachia. Well, when I think when someone tells me they're from New York, the first place I think of is Manhattan. Yeah, for sure. I think all of us do. It's exactly where our mind goes. But I got to say, if I had to live in New York, I, I would hope that it would be part of the Appalachian New York. Right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to mention that because the guest we have on tonight is really a dynamic individual out of Western New York. He's one of those individuals that left the region only to come back and now is mayor of his hometown. Interested to see how he feels about his identity and if if he considers himself Appalachian. So I'm looking forward to hearing from the mayor. Excited about this, this talk, Will. Yeah, let's have a conversation. Let, let's just get right to it if you want. You want to get him on here? Absolutely. Let's do it. On the show today, we have a special guest. We have Mayor Eddie Sunquist from Appalachia, New York. He's a former middle school science teacher and recovering lawyer. He got his degree from the University of Buffalo and is the 25th and current mayor of Jamestown, New York in Western New York and just recently announced his bid for re-election. So congrats for that. And, and thank you, Mayor, for being on the show. We really appreciate your time. Well, I, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, certainly I'm uh, recovering from being an attorney and uh, at this point, probably from uh, dealing with the COVID pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard time to start anything, much less uh, uh, a term, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
one question we usually start with, and we want to start with you, as Appalachians are typically big on history, big on tradition, so is our family. We're big on tradition. One of the traditions we have, we have appetizers at the holidays. We usually have this ginormous spread of appetizers bigger than the meal. So we wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite appetizer or just holiday dish? Oh, that's uh, that's a tough call. So my last name is Swedish, Sunquist. Uh, but I also have a large Italian family. So I'm a weird mix. Uh, I will tell you that I absolutely love meatballs uh, as an appetizer. Uh, the problem is with an Italian family, they're always making enough for an army. And uh, <laughs> if you don't eat enough of the appetizers, they're going to give you more of the actual meal. So it's always been a really interesting time. N- nothing wrong with filling up before the meal as far as appetizers are concerned, as far as me and Neil are concerned. But. Definitely happens at our house every holiday. I, I love the appetizer spread. So I appreciate your answer there on that question. As a lot of individuals in the region, in the Appalachia region, you were the first in your family to graduate from college, if I'm correct in, in saying that. But you moved away from the region after college. What brought you back to Jamestown? What brought you back to the Appalachian region? Yeah, so I, I Jamestown was my home and moved away for quite a long time, uh, did a lot of different things. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think for me, the, the number one thing that I love is family. And I was away for a, a period of time when I got the opportunity uh, to come back closer to home to go to law school. Uh, you know, I, I kind of jumped at the chance. I got a chance to um, practice back home, seeing the same people that I grew up with in the same town that I grew up with uh, and being able to help the people uh, that are here. I was away for so long. I learned a lot. Um, but more importantly, I got an opportunity to come home and just be with family. And that meant a lot to me at that time in my life. As a, a Western New Yorker, we've actually had another New Yorker on the show before. We had an individual from Brooklyn on not too long ago. And so I think there's a the misconception there when people from where Neil and I are from here that you're from New York, we automatically think New York City. But you're from Appalachia, New York, as we mentioned, do you identify as an Appalachian being from Western New York? And in general, do Western New Yorkers identify as Appalachians? No, Western New Yorkers typically don't identify as uh, part of this region, right? In fact, most of the time, we get people that think we're just from New York City, as you had mentioned, uh, when we're eight hours away from New York City, right? It's really tough when I get invites and it's like, oh, it's uh, downstate in some, you know, uh, some place in the city. Wow, it's going to take me a whole day to travel there <laughs> in order to get there. I got to fly, I got to travel, I got to do something. Uh, but the reality is, is that Jamestown is located in the uh, southwesternmost point of New York State. Uh, So we are surrounded by farmland. We're a city of about 30,000 people uh, surrounded by uh, rural America, right? And that's what's so strange because we uh, we don't identify as part of the city. Um, We don't always identify as Appalachia because we're, you know, we're part of New York State. So people don't often think of us like that, but we are kind of a unique breed of of our own uh, because we have a lot of rural landscape. Uh, we have a lot of manufacturing, production, and things like that. We're also kind of connected to everything else that's going on in the region. Yes, speaking of being rural, you know, there, there's been a lot of research, a lot of 
things that have come out. But the ARC has also released recommendations for vibrant asset-based communities. One important aspect of that for communities was to really embrace change, to really prepare for future residents uh, of all backgrounds to be open and inclusive, have that inclusive mindset for a kind of a sustainable growth economy for a community. Chautauqua County, where Jamestown is, like you said, it's a rural area, but it's also a more conservative area where a lot of smaller communities are and maybe maybe not embrace change as much as other communities. But during your administration, you have kind of embraced this idea of being open, being inclusive. You become really a safe haven for migrants. You've embraced things like being the cannabis capital of Western New York. You've embraced things like being the first municipal broadband system in the state of New York. Is that part of your thinking in running for mayor or throughout your administration that you wanted to be open and inclusive to have this sustainable economic drive for your community? Well, will you, you thank you for uh, reminding me of the last four years, which have been a wild time with the amount of things that we've, we've kind of dealt with and worked on. But I want to start off by saying when I moved back to Jamestown, I saw a community that hadn't changed. I saw a lot of the same uh, things happening with the people that lived here. And, you know, it made me sad to think that, you know, we aren't embracing change. We aren't embracing um, new things in our city. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I ran for mayor, right? It's one of the reasons why I thought that, you know, I saw all these really great things for our city, uh, but they weren't happening. And we didn't have the people in place to make them happen. So I got a chance to run, and I'll tell you what we haven't—I haven't stopped since you mentioned it. We've uh, we've seen cannabis uh, legalized in New York State, uh, and as a city, we said, you know what, this is like any other industry. We were once huge in furniture manufacturing, and we're still pretty big in manufacturing. We saw cannabis as the same thing. We have our own utility company already as a, in the city of Jamestown, and we said, you know, what is the one thing that that homes will need? Uh, going forward with this pandemic. And that was internet access. And when we start digging in, we found we didn't have enough internet access in our community, especially high-speed internet access. You also mentioned migrants and refugees, right? It's the first time the city had ever thought to say, we welcome refugees here. And the last census, we saw a, a sharp de decline in our population. And it's because we weren't becoming welcoming. We weren't saying, hey, we'll take new people. But it's not that we didn't have a history of it. The city of Jamestown was really founded on uh, immigrants, right? We have a large Swedish uh, and Italian population here in the city. In fact, we actually still have a Swedish consulate in the city of Jamestown. It's a fact for you. We've had the king and queen of Sweden here before. Uh, so it's been really interesting. Uh, but because of that immigration, that migration to the city, we saw an expanse of uh, patents, an expanse of new business uh, and change in the city. And we've lost that. So for, for me and for our community, talking about bringing in uh, new people that are want to make Jamestown their home is really reshaping our community and reshaping how we think of Jamestown. And it's an incredible thing. Let me tell you, I've got a chance to meet people that come in, welcome new Americans uh, that, that join us in Jamestown, uh, chat with our, our migrants, our asylum seekers that are now coming into the city. 
And they really, they really want to be here. They've heard about Jamestown. They've heard about the things we're doing, uh, the way that we are trying to be more diverse as a city uh, and as a community. And they want to be a part of it. It's a really incredible thing. In that reshaping, uh, reshaping, but not forgetting about your history, not trying to change some of that historic identity that people identify with in Jamestown, I'm assuming. Yeah, we, we certainly are not. There's still a really rich history here, right? And I think that I, the intention and the idea is that we've always been able to integrate uh, new people into our community. Uh, but for a very long period of time, uh, we, we started being closed-minded to it. And so we're now seeing people settling in Jamestown uh, that might look different, act different, be different than our traditional immigrant communities. And we've got to be open to that. And we've got to start to address that as a city and as a community. Uh, so when I say it's reshaping, it just means we're getting new people and uh, we right. need to move with that. You talked about at the beginning that the best communities uh, around here are the ones that embrace that change. And that's what we're trying to do. You, you mentioned COVID before. I'm assuming you've had some challengers in your community in regards to embracing that change. But also, you know, you started your administration during COVID. What other challenges have you seen? I did read something that because of COVID, you've also saw this increase in homelessness in Jamestown. What other challenges have you seen throughout your administration? And do you think they are somewhat similar to other communities throughout Appalachia? Yeah, I always, when I talk to people, uh, everyone seems to think that Jamestown is unique. And in some cases we are, but in many cases... We're like every other city, and uh, we're we're seeing those same uh, those same problems pop up. Uh, New York State had a moratorium on eviction for for uh, what a year and a half, two years with COVID. When that was lifted, we started to see an increase in our homelessness population. People who hadn't paid rent, didn't have the ability to, moved into the city to the point where we saw for the first time a tent city pop up. And we, we worked with those, we worked with the various agencies, resource providers to try to figure out what do we do with that, right? I talked to mayors all across the country. I went to, uh, I happened to have a, a, a friend in uh, Washington state, uh, one of the mayors out there. I went to Everett, Washington, and I checked, I uh, got a chance to speak with her and uh, what they're doing out there for homelessness. And we just tried to learn from other people on what's, what's happening. And so we ended up uh, trying to open up these emergency shelters. Jamestown has a unique place where we, we knew how many people we have that were homeless at any given point. We have organizations that do a census. We found that that number tripled after the, uh, the end of the eviction moratorium. Uh, and we didn't have enough shelter space. We have two shelters in the city of Jamestown, uh, one that just housed men and another one that just housed women of domestic violence. Um, we had no shelters specifically for women. We had no shelters for families. And we started to see a homeless population that needed those things. Uh, and no room, no room at the current shelters that were there. So we had to act. Winter was coming. So we were able to work with, our, we brought together, I brought together faith leaders. Uh, I brought together uh, the um, uh, resource providers for homelessness and medical providers. And I said, what the heck do we have to do? First off, and second, uh, churches, right? Show me a religion that doesn't say 
that you know we're not supposed to help the people that are are down on their luck, destitute, don't have a place, don't have food, don't have anything. So churches, we have a ton of churches, uh, step up, right? Start helping out. Uh, you know, we're not telling you you got to do this, uh, do this all the time, but we need your support when you have a community that uh, is really struggling. Because of that, we were able to open up as a city uh, to emergency homeless shelters for the winter. Um, it's not a, a long-term plan, but it's a, it's a start so that we can get some of those folks uh, someplace to be overnight so they're not freezing in the cold, they're not uh, you know, experiencing other issues. We spoke before, but we really started this podcast to dispel some of the misconceptions that people have about Appalachia, but to also really celebrate diversity and the great experiences within Appalachia. Ch Chautauqua County, where you are, where Jamestown is, it's a, it's a very conservative county, whereas you are a Democrat. We don't talk politics on this on this podcast, really, but you are a serving Democrat in, in Jamestown. You also were the first openly gay mayor to be elected uh, as mayor of Jamestown. Did you feel you needed to talk about that when, when you first ran for your first administration? And obviously, it's who you are now that you've announced that you're running for your second term. Is that something that doesn't even need to be discussed now? Or Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point about diversity in Appalachia and how we're dealing with things. You know, in Chautauqua County, you mentioned it's a conservative spot. Uh, I'm one of only two openly gay mayors across New York State which you know might surprise you in chautauqua county there are two cities jamestown is the largest there's another city called dunkirk um, that mayor who's also a democrat uh, willie rosas uh, is the only hispanic mayor in all of new york state so when you talk about that diversity in chautauqua county alone like we're we're higher in diversity than <laughs> new york uh which is you know wild to me uh, but the reality is, is that, you know, I never made uh, my uh, status as a member of the LGBT community a part of my platform, because that's not what it is to be mayor, right? What it is to be mayor is to deal with the potholes that impact everyone every day, right? To deal with getting people where they need to be, uh, to ensuring that, you know, that blighted house on your block gets taken care of, that you're helping people, Right. That's what it meant to be mayor. Sure, it came up every once in a while. I'll tell you, I got a lot of people who send me Bibles every once in a while. Uh, and that's that's very much to be expected. But the reality is it's, it's about what we do in the community. Uh, it's great to have that diversity. Uh, but we're, I, personally, I'm, I'm focused on what we can do to make Jamestown a better place. Now, I will tell you that uh, I've made a concerted effort as the head of city government to try to be more diverse in our workforce. Uh, so one of the things that we noticed was we weren't seeing a lot of uh, diversity, whether that is um, race, uh, languages you speak, sexuality, any of those in particular. So we went out and we said, we want the people that work at City Hall to represent the people we're serving. We're seeing an increase in our Hispanic population. We need people who speak Spanish that work in all levels of our government. So we went out, we not only found those people, uh, but we went out and uh, you know put in language lines for other languages that may interact with City Hall. We have a very large trans community in the city of Jamestown. Um, we have uh, trans individuals that are part of our code enforcement. 
so that you feel comfortable when a code enforcement officer is at your house in your apartment trying to help you out. We've got a deaf community. So we have officers, police officers that uh, know sign language. We have a Native American community here. We went and we got public safety officers that are part of our Native American community, right? And on top of that, we've had a long uh, settled um, African-American population. So we said citywide, how do we try to increase that? How do we work together? Um, and we did the exact same thing. How do we work with the people that we currently serve and get more people in the city government? That's a great point. I feel like the city of Jamestown alone is dispelling those misconceptions of the entire region <laughs> of Appalachia. Uh, one of the things I know about Appalachia and Appalachians is they love to, to celebrate where they're from and and they love love to uh, I guess put on a show occasionally about who they are and uh, you talked about you're just you're just concerned about doing putting the best foot forward for Jamestown and in the small town that I live in in London Kentucky we have the world chicken festival which I'm sure you already know that I'm, I'm just kidding uh, but hey, Joel, uh, anyway. I, I'm waiting for the invite. If it's in the mail, I'll wait a couple of weeks. But <laughs> absolutely, I'll send it. I'll send it. But you know what? What we've learned through this show, and what we you know kind of knew before, is that every area in Appalachia has something that relates to their heritage that they celebrate. Uh, what is that in Jamestown? And do you guys have a local festival that happens once a year or or whatever that that you'd like to talk about? Well, the crazy part about Western New York is they love their festivals, and we certainly do that in Jamestown too. Uh, one unique thing that I'll just I'll point out that is nowhere else in the U.S. Uh, is we have a national comedy center. So we have a federally designated uh, national comedy center. You know, big name comedians uh, come to Jamestown because they're part of this board. It's a repository of comedy. Uh, from throughout the ages, uh, as well as uh, a mixture of um, interactive comedy exhibits. I mean, you could spend three hours alone in this one part. Uh, really founded because we had, uh, if you remember Lucille Ball from the I Love Lucy shows. A fellow Appalachian. Yeah, she, well, she's from Jamestown. Uh, she grew up in Jamestown, actually, and uh, then you know made her way uh, out of the city, uh, became famous, has come back and supported things uh, in the city. Uh, so we originally had a museum just dedicated to her and her husband, the Lucy Desi Museum of Comedy. Uh, that soon grew into a much larger institution, the National Comedy Center, uh, where we've been uh, blessed to be able to welcome people from all over the world uh, to learn about, about comedy, right? And it was all based on a comment that uh, Lucille herself uh, made, and that was, we really shouldn't be celebrating Lucy, we should be celebrating comedy. Uh, we should be celebrating uh, the, the things that comedy does to change people's lives. Uh, and it's been a really incredible success, put uh, the city on a, a national scale. But, you know, we also have other festivals that kind of exist along the way. Unfortunately, we don't have a chicken festival. We'll have to work on that. We're the original uh, down here. It is the home of KFC, so uh, we had to had to start somewhere. But so Colonel uh, Colonel Sanders is from the area, much like Lucille Ball is from yeah. Jamestown. That's oh, kind of why okay. it started. Yeah. So you know, Neil, you let me know. I'll be I'll be down. <laughs> Absolutely. Now that I've learned that when I have a good joke or a good uh, 
one-liner to, to start with. I need to start that in Jamestown to get the people's reaction there because they're the uh, professionals on comedy. We're happy to try out your jokes anytime. Yes, yes. <laughs> but like you said, it really has put Jamestown on a national scale. I mean, you get the Jerry Seinfelds, you get the Jim Gaffigans, the the uh, Martin Shorts to come to this festival, to come to the National Comedy Center. It's pretty incredible for Jamestown. How did that actually come about? I, I know it hasn't been there for too long. Were you part of that decision making or were the so, couple of people in a room that said, hey, let's start, let's start a museum? You know, I was part of the uh, the museum itself, the Lucille Ball Desiarnez Museum, which originally kicked it off, that was, you know, I was a volunteer for them. They'd actually done a comedy festival every year. Uh, so it had been more of a carnival type festival for many years. Uh, and then their board saw a complete change and said, maybe we need to think about this in terms of a comedy festival. And so for several years, I helped plan uh, the comedy festival that they had where they were bringing in some big names, big names. And then from there, it grew to this idea of a national comedy center, an actual place people can go and experience comedy. Uh, and it's been a really wonderful, wonderful thing to have. Uh, it did open before my, my time as mayor. And so I wasn't part of uh, the, uh, the process that went into this. Uh, but certainly we have been incredibly supportive of the work that they do and the, uh, the prominence that they're showing uh, across, the, across the country. Um, they're currently working with uh, people like Netflix, right, to uh, bring that comedy, that repository to Jamestown. I always just like to hear the reaction or the, the, the first thing that rolls off somebody's tongue when, when we ask them this question, and I'm curious what, what your thoughts are. When you, when you hear the word Appalachia, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The typically the first thing that comes to mind in that is it's normally uh, just down south, right? Uh, I, and it's and it's about people that are really working hard to to live. Their experience is often much different than what we see in the rest of the country, uh, and that's what I often think about: is why is it the way that it is, right? And what are we doing to? Um, to change the lives of people that are in this region. Another question that we ask all our guests, our podcast is really grounded on place and perspective. Place is really important to Appalachia. Place is really important for to Neil and I. I wanted to ask you, just where do you call home? What makes it home for you? What makes it unique? In, you know, very interesting question. So I, uh, my home is Jamestown, right? And that's And that's certainly what I call home. Um, I'll tell you, it sounds really strange, but when I have to go to uh, go leave the leave the city, uh, and then when I'm you know kind of driving back, when I see the city limits, I get a sense of relief that I'm back, uh, and it's a really incredible thing to feel. Um, personally, I love traveling. I love being able to get out and see other places, meet other mayors, see what other cities are doing. Uh, but for some reason, when I finally get back into Jamestown. Uh, there's this this crazy sense that that I'm home and glad to be be there. Yeah, that, that's an incredible answer. Neil and I have spoken many of times on this show that there's just a little magic in the mountains where we're from. And we like to travel as well. But when we come back and see those mountains, there's always that sense of 
relief or, or sense of uh, community, sense of comfort that we have in the mountains. So yeah, that, that answer is spot on. Obviously there's no wrong answer, but <laughs> perspective is everything. I, I wanted to give you a chance uh, if you would like to um, just to, we talk about it all the time. Part of why we have this podcast is the gas up Appalachia to really just promote Appalachia any way we can. Uh, give you a chance to gas up Jamestown or let anyone, any of our listeners know maybe something you, you've already mentioned, something unique with the National Comedy Center or just something that people may not know about Jamestown or something you'd like to mention. Yeah, I love to tell people that uh, we were once the furniture capital of the U.S. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we made most of uh, most of the furniture that you'd see in the nation, uh, surprisingly, uh, chairs for the Supreme Court and governor's office. Uh, you know, at one point, uh, you know, you could say that most people had our, our chairs, our furniture, things like that. Now I often joke and tell people your grandmother probably has our chairs and furniture because we've <laughs> not been the furniture capital in a while. But uh, Jamestown has really been the host of some incredible, uh, incredible innovation and uh, people, uh, which is is wild. Uh, if you love uh, bird spotting. And if you love field guides, uh, Roger Tory Peterson uh, called his home, called Jamestown his home. Uh, he created the first field guide in the nation, and you can visit and see those things here. We've had a Supreme Court Justice, uh, Robert H. Jackson, who was the chief prosecutor at the Nuremberg trials, former attorney for the city of Jamestown, as well as attorney general, and uh, ended up becoming a Supreme Court Justice uh, here. The automated voting machine, uh, if any of your listeners oh, right. remember voting machines that had little curtains, uh, yeah. those were all made in Jamestown, uh, believe it or not, found oh, very in cool. Jamestown. If you look in your toolkit and there's a crescent wrench, uh, that's also from Jamestown, uh, which is kind of <laughs> neat. Uh, but the reality is we just have this crazy vibrancy. And what I love more than anything uh, in Jamestown is the amount of just small businesses and entrepreneurs that have popped up and are calling Jamestown their home. And we're seeing this all over Appalachia, right? Uh, these wonderful uh, businesses. You know, I walk out of my, my office at City Hall and there's a bakery across the street. Um, that bakery is shipping her cookies all over the US. She makes custom cookies and she's got an Etsy store and uh, it's wild to see. Uh, I walk a few blocks down, I've got a, a candle uh, store. And the candle store is making branded candles for companies all over the U.S. Right? They're shipping in wax and pallets uh, here to make these to make these candles, uh, and it's just a host of these small businesses that are really just changing the fabric of the city, changing the fabric of the region, uh, and I think that's where the the country is going to start to go. Right? We're going to see the rise of these small entrepreneurs just changing what the world looks like. I also wanted to ask you just from a personal perspective, what's your favorite thing to do in Jamestown? Oh, favorite thing to do in Jamestown. So Jamestown has all four seasons. And I like to remind people of that because we've got some great skiing. Uh, we've got some great lakes that you can uh, do some, some boating and some fun on. Uh, for me though, I, uh, I really love the museums here in the city. Uh, we've got several uh, we've got not only the Robert H. Jackson Center uh, as an attorney, quite a love of the, of the law, but we also have the National Comedy Center. Uh, we've got some historical museums here. And as I mentioned, the Roger Tory Peterson Institute 
is just this phenomenal place uh, that you can connect with nature in a way that I've really never seen in other places I've been. I wanted to maybe end on this question just to get a little perspective. Seeing how you're a Swedish Italian, I'd like to hear if this applies or not, but do you have a preference, cornbread or biscuits? Ooh, cornbread. Cornbread, nice, nice. I like that answer too. Neil always answers both, but I'm a cornbread fan. (laughs) Yeah, I really do enjoy cornbread. That's for sure. Well, Mayor, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate your perspective. We really appreciate you talking about the identity of Western New York, of Western New Yorkers uh, in regards to Appalachia, in regards to the region. Just thank you so much for what you're doing there in Jamestown and taking the time with us today. I appreciate it, Uh, Will and Neil. Thank you guys so much for having me and for uh, letting me be a part of uh, your experience here. Will, not the first mayor we've had on, but certainly another enjoyable conversation with the good Mayor Sunquist of Jamestown, New York. I really appreciate his time coming on. I I know he was lying to me, though, and telling me that he had never heard of the World Chicken Festival. (laughs) I know he has, and it's probably just part of his comedy routine, him being from Jamestown. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's true. Everyone, everybody's heard of the Chicken Festival, the World Chicken Festival. Absolutely. He's probably even attended before, but it was nice (laughs) to to hear, you know, the the differences in, in his area and our area, and they're, they're not so not so far apart in the fact that we both have, you know, similar festivals that celebrates local the local people. Yeah, definitely. You know, not not I don't think a lot of people knew that Lucille Ball was a fellow Appalachian born and raised in Jamestown. I certainly did not. I'll be honest. <clears throat> um, of course, I knew I know who Lucille Ball was, but I didn't know where uh, she was from. So I, I was uh, glad to learn that fact about Jamestown. Just like Punxsutawney Phil brings in thousands of visitors from all over the world, the World Chicken Festival does as well, but also uh, the National Comedy Center. Just cool way to have an asset or dream up an asset even and make it work for your community to bring in not only regional interest, but national interest as well. Yeah, it goes back to what we talk about all the time, Will, being proud of where you're from and being proud of the people that that come from your neck of the woods and and celebrate those people. Yeah, I thought it was a really good conversation with, with the mayor to hear his background of how he came back to Jamestown because he's passionate about the city there. He's passionate about the people. And he's passionate about his job and his his term as mayor. I congratulate him on what he's done and and wish him good luck on the next election. I know I know he lives in New York, and we sometimes down here in the heart of Appalachia may not consider that Appalachia, but we're very similar in the fact that we're passionate about our our neck of the woods, so to speak. And uh, Mayor Sunquist certainly is. And uh, I really appreciate him coming on our show today and um, helping our listeners understand a little bit about his area and what's going on in, in Jamestown. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good conversation to hear how diversity plays a role in Jamestown and 
the great things that he's doing. So, Neil, I wanted to ask, do you have an app biz of the week? Uh, yeah, Will, I, I thought that it'd only be fitting that we highlight the National Comedy Center. I can't think of a better business there in Jamestown to, to represent who, who they are and what they're about. So I think it's really unique and really cool that they are kind of the, the center of the national comedy scene. They've taken that, that role on and they really made it part of who they are, which is what all communities should do. If you want to check it out, you can go to comedycenter.org to see everything you need to know about the museum there in Jamestown. You can buy tickets to shows on there. You can see the upcoming schedule. You can see a little history about who's been there, the guests they've had over time. Or definitely, if you're going through Jamestown or you're going anywhere around Jamestown, that's certainly a stop you want to make. So I wanted to highlight that tonight, Will, as our, uh, as our business of the week, the National Comedy Center. I think that's a great app biz of the week. And, and like you said, the backstory behind it of how they built – off the Lucille Ball presence, but they went above and beyond and turned this unique asset into a national center. You know, that's not easy to do. And the recognition that they've gotten for the National Comedy Center, I mean, the, the, the festival that they have, the acts that come through there alone is pretty incredible. They like can- they say, like they say there, Will, it's not just a museum, it's an experience. So I hope all of our listeners will, will check it out. There you go. Definitely worth the trip. Definitely something to see. Well, Neil, uh, this has been a really good episode in regards to what Mayor Sunquist is doing there in Jamestown to hear a little bit about that northern Appalachian area of Jamestown, New York. So I guess we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. Songs. Now I'm back up where I belong in the mountains.